Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Path. <laughs> what is up, everybody? It's Froth here from the Thought Eater blog and podcast. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for listening. I'm a little stuffed up. Um, so hopefully I'm, I'm listenable. But uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. And uh, we are. Gonna be talking about my Night Below game, my Night Below AD&D BX Frankenstein game, uh, running the old Night Below campaign, and uh, we had a good session. Another character death. I'm starting to feel like I'm a a cruel GM or something, but uh, just the nature of it. But just lately, it seems like we had. Lots of character deaths, but it was still a really good session, a uh, fun session, and uh, we're going to get into that, but first I got a call in we're going to get to uh, from last week's session. Let's check that out. Hey, Jason here. Just want to call in your last episode. Enjoyed hearing the session recap, and I know this is a heretical idea to OSR gamers, but I agree with you on spontaneous casting. There's a place, I mean, you can play games either way. There's no bad, wrong, fun, right? And sometimes it's interesting, you know, it's kind of a puzzle. Which spell do I memorize? And trying to guess ahead or, or planning, do that planning. But especially at low levels, when you have one spell or two spells, the spontaneous casting, like you say, really allows you to cast a lot more spells. And I think it's, it brings spells out, like, like you said, that would never get cast otherwise. If you only have one spell and you're going to memorize, there are certain spells you're never going to look at. Or if you can spontaneously cast, those spells might get used. So I think there's a very valid place for it. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. Alright, so that is Jason there, a frequent call-in to Anchorite shows, and now has their own podcast on Anchor. Nerds Variety RPG Show is the name of it. So uh, I know they have one episode. I haven't listened to it yet. It just went up. But uh, Jason, congrats on starting the show. And yeah, so last week I was talking about I use spontaneous uh, casting for the casters. Basically just meaning they still have the same amount of slots and and everything. That hasn't changed. But um, clerics and druids can pull from, you know, the entire spell list. And magic users can cast anything in another book and I'll never go back for me uh, because first of all it's a lot more fun for the players it's what I would want to be able to do and second of all perhaps most importantly it allows for a wider variety of spells more versatility with with the casters you know I still make the magic users have to find their spells mainly in play and everything um but, um, I don't know, being able to see, you know, affect normal fires and, and some of these things, uh, some of these cleric spells, you know, otherwise, especially at low levels, you can't blame a, a magic user for prepping sleep over and over and a cleric for prepping cure light wounds over and over. And, and I got no beef with anybody you know what i mean if that's how you want to play your game more power to you there's no wrong way to play but for me having that uh, versatility it's more enjoyable as a gm and as a player so uh, 
I mean, I'm just not married to, to Jack, you know, how Jack Vance saw magic. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's not, uh, I guess I'm traditional in some ways of the game and just other ways don't really care. Um, you're supposed to make it your own anyway. So, but anyway, that's enough about that. Let's get into the session. And thanks again, Jason, for calling in. So, uh, anybody that's been following along with the show knows that at this point in the campaign, the characters have returned to the Great Rockdale, this chasm cavern area dotted with caves filled with humanoids. And uh, so last week, the party got into a tangle with a, a minotaur and it's it's labyrinthian labyrinthine cave system and so this week we had a couple players not there so we had four players um lanix the magic user marcos the cleric desmond the new druid from last session who the player, their thief had died a couple sessions ago, and then Terran, the ranger. So they decided to look around at some of the other caves that were kind of on the same level of the cavern as uh, the Minotaurs was. And the first one they came to had something interesting going on. It had signs in all these different languages, Cobalt, um, Orc, you know, all these different humanoid languages, and it was a sign saying, like, Hey, you know, come on in, welcome. Uh, any humanoid, welcome here. Come on in, meet the guard, have a hot meal, and get an assignment. You know, so it's like a recruiting thing, promising a you know nice hot meal <laughs> and all this stuff. So, you know, they puzzled over the signs for a minute and thought about it, um, but then they decided that they would go and look at the other, you know, maybe check out the other caves before they decided to go in. I think they pondered for, they pondered for a moment whether they could pull off, you know, disguising themselves as, as a humanoid, as an orc or whatever, but they, uh, they came pro probably to the wise conclusion that they weren't going to be able to pull that off. So, um, walked down to one of the other caves. The next one was just, uh, you know, no signs, just a straight up cave entrance. And, uh, so it's here that, you know, as a GM, I don't try to telegraph anything, but I do kind of, it's not even subtle. I will start to hint, you know, and so just to paint the picture, you know, they're standing at this cave entrance, you know, and they're, I ask, okay, uh, they're saying, what can they see and everything? And I'm going to kind of ask at one point, where do you, do you have your light on? You know, because it's dark in the cave and they had to, they're, you know, they have a lantern that's got a continual light spell cast on like a rock inside of it. So yeah, they're like, yeah, we're, so they are shining their light in the cave. So first of all, you know, they're shining this lantern light into a, um, a dark cave, you know, standing right at the entrance and it's kind of debating what they're doing. So, um, they were kind of coming up with a plan on casting silence, right? in the silence, 15 foot radius at the inside of the cave, you know, a great spell. You can mask your movements and everything, but you also can't cast while you're in it. You know, you can't, um, you can't 
cast while you're in that silence. It's great to use against enemy spellcasters, but you got to be careful because it can also affect you uh, and, and where you can cast. Uh, but the party had decided they were going to cast that there to hopefully mask uh, sounds coming, you know, their sounds coming in and sounds from, from elsewhere. And uh, to be able to, to kind of move in and, and, and presumably attack. And the Desmond, the Druid, had... Um, when it kind of snuck in a little bit and peeked around and could hear lots of, uh, orc voices, um, lots of them, you know, and the orcs were like playing some primitive, you know, scatological game, you know, throwing their excrement against the wall at a target or something, you know, and, uh, but the party kept, you know, they kept planning and kept plotting even after they cast uh, the silence there and they're again i confirmed that they do have their you know their lantern on and they're kind of you know peeping around and everything and I, I decided with the silence you know it wasn't going to you know give them away from any kind of movement or anything like you know any sounds but um as they're you know that i said well it's been a couple more rounds you know because they're they had gone ahead and cast the spell and were standing there, but we we're still debating what to do. And I, you know, confirmed, are you standing at the entrance of the cave? You know, these kind of questions. What I'm getting to is, you know, I'm going to eventually start, if you're just standing right at the entrance of the cave, shining your light in, you know, eventually I'm going to start rolling some random wandering monster checks and things like that. You know, you could, um, back away, whatever plan, you know, these kind of things without being right there. But I, you know, confirmed a row right then. I even rolled a, a wandering monster check that didn't hit, but I rolled it, you know, right where they could see it. So they, they, you know, to try to just encourage them to, you know, to do something. If they're going to be standing right at the entrance, there's going to be a chance that some orc wanders by. And, um, continued to plan and everything so you know i ended up rolling another one or monster check as they're getting ready to you know their plan was to maybe kind of come in sneak in hit uh this large group of orcs with a stinking cloud or sleep spell something like that you know to try to debilitate a bunch of them at once but they didn't really get a chance because uh, after you know they continued to plan and, and think about it i you know hit on a wandering monster check and so one orc on one side of the, basically there's a, a fork or kind of goes, you know, three-way fork right as they would come in and they cast the silent spell. Watch out, kitty. They cast the silent spell right on the entrance there. So where the three passageways meet, that the whole center of that is silent. So on, one, on the right side of that comes an orc, sees them. And takes off the other way. They can't really hear what it, what it's saying though, because they're in the silent spell. And uh, but they know that now they've got to really get moving because maybe some orcs are going to come from the from the east. So they they move in towards the west, but they kind of blow their first round because the silent spell is there and they can't cast while they're in the silent spell and. While I'm not really stiff on casting and moving the same round, you know, I just do allow, you know, typically like a 10 foot, you know, a 10 foot step, you know, you can't take your full move and cast. Um, 
So they have to spend, the casters all have to spend the first round kind of moving through the silent spell and everything. And uh, so all that planning kind of didn't, you know, was a little bit for naught anyway, or at least delayed. And so <clears throat> they move through and they get in there. And I think there's something like, you know, 10 orcs, maybe 10 or 11 orcs. And here they, they get off to a really great start because they win the initiative the second round. So that didn't end up hurting them that much, having to move through the silence. And uh, the magic user casts Stinking Cloud and gets a bunch of them, you know, six or so of them immediately in the cloud. Several of them fail the, fail the say. Stinking Cloud is a really powerful spell. I'm sure most listeners know that. I mean, it's probably not that powerful now, but... Um, the old editions, it's quite powerful because even if you pass your saving throw and can get yourself out of the noxious cloud, you're helpless for a round after. So you basically got, you know, anybody that's in the cloud, you've got at least one round of complete and total helplessness. So very, 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 very powerful spell. Um, great for, you know, fighting off large crowds of of orcs, for example. So that happens. The, uh, the, the cleric is starting to throw around some, some hold persons, you know, and, uh, and then the ranger comes out just killing it because the ranger's got the bonus against orcs and, uh, already very good stats and uh plus two long sword and just comes out slicing and dicing. I just seeing damage rolls like, you know, 15, you know, he goes, 14, you know, <laughs> overkill. <laughs> and, uh, so they get off to a great start. I'm thinking, oh, it's just going to be over really quick. Now, you know, they got the nine or 10 orcs on one side. And then on the other side, you know, back at our little friend orc that was wandering, uh, had gone back to get some others. And it was something like six orcs in that side, but also I threw in an ogre, you know, like the leader ogre. And I got this ogre that's just wearing, some kind of, you can't even tell what animal skin it is at this point. It's like a big diaper, you know, and it's got just yellow jaundice skin and, uh, just a couple of teeth left in its head. Just a, you know, even amongst ogres, this ogre's looking rough, you know, <laughs> uh, so dragging this full animal skin diaper, you know, and, uh, just, uh, disgusting, um, meathead with a huge spear and so it eventually starts creeping and the the players uh roles just end up going cold um uh the druid did cast uh, heat metal which is a great spell love that spell it's so uh creative that spell too just the idea of it you know the metal starts heating up and that's something where you got um, creatures, you know, or whatever, humanoids, whatever, that are wearing metal armor. I mean, you're basically, you know, cooking them. <laughs> uh, but they had leather armor, but they were holding metal weaponry and shields. And so the, uh, the druid had cast heat metal. So we had a lot of stuff going on. It was pretty awesome, actually. Uh, it was a really fun, really fun combat because you had a combo of people getting held there were fumbles, so I had people's weapons flying by. Uh, 
you know, getting dropped. You know, the ranger dropped their, you know, sword, rolled a one, and their sword goes flying into the, the noxious, stinking cloud. And, uh, you know, people getting held, held person, other other uh, humanoids starting to cook with, with the heat metal and having to drop their weapons. And But, it, you know, it did kind of stall out based on player roles. Um, they went from really, really hot rolls to cold. So they just had, uh, even with the, the orcs that were debilitated from the... Um, the cloud you had, like for example, the ranger. I, I use like the fighter rules where it gets, you know, uh, it's really supposed to be less than one hit dice and and uh, AD and D. But man, am I rambling today or what? But I hope you're following me. But I give them an attack per level against one hit dice or less creatures. The orcs are one hit dice, so the, the ranger's getting four attacks around. But even then, there's one orc right next to him, and even with four attacks, it's still the ranger still had a plus one spear, you know, backup weapon. Four attacks and missed all in a row, and it was just bad luck. So all this delay did is give the orcs more turns and that ogre turns to kick, kind of lumber down the hall. So the ogre comes midway down the hall into the silent spell and grabs one of the held orcs, you know, that's just stiff. And he just grabs the orc, picks it up and throws the orc down the hall, which I thought was awesome. I was kind of proud of myself to think of that. So it just, you know, I don't even, there were two orcs that were next to the cleric and it throws the orc towards them and it doesn't even care that it hits its allies, you know? So I hit with a crit throwing the orc down the hall so i just have the it basically be like a bowling ball and chucks the orc down the hall and knocks the other two orcs plus the cleric all back into the stinking cloud you know it's the other thing about these stinking clouds and stuff like that if you put them into a small room you know you got to be careful with your movement you might end up in the stinking cloud yourself or something else your weapon might end up as the ranger found out your your weapon might end up in the stinking cloud but anyway i think even the cleric that got knocked into the stinking cloud had to appreciate that it happened by having an ogre chucking a work at you and knock you in there so you know now we've got the cleric out for a round and and meanwhile the 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 two uh the two or there were two orcs left that had gotten hit with the heat metal had to drop their weapons so they're clawing past to get by and the a couple of orcs hit with crossbow bolts down the hallway and knock down lanix the magic user and now the cleric ends up up next to the magic user and i was going to allow for you know i've mentioned it before a quick heal the magic user he even though he was down even those zero hit points you know, you can get by with uh, a magical healing to kind of do magical CPR and get them up real quick. But the cleric was by in time and rolled the dice and decided to cast another hold person, you know, figuring that they could get the magic user up the following round. It turned out to be a costly mistake. And I kind of debated. I almost, almost, almost didn't do it because... The magic user had just hit level four before this session. 
And uh, even though they're only going to be starting back at level three, it's not, you know, the end of the world um, or anything like that. I thought about these orcs and, you know, these, you know, these aren't sweet orcs, you know, <laughs> these are depraved, murderous, um, you know, evil creatures. And, you know, their, their idea of fun is throwing their pooper, you know, around the wall. You know, they're not, uh, they don't, life's pretty cheap to them, you know, so they just, uh, you know, they, one of them just with its foot just caves the magic user, the unconscious magic user's head in. And so, yeah, so the magic user died right there. And eventually the rest of the orcs were killed and it ended up the ogre had gotten into the chamber and they all managed to surround the ogre. And, and uh, before too long, they, they fell the ogre. So the player that was playing Lanix, the magic users already, I just see these, you know, dice rolls rolling on the roll 20 things already rolling a new character, which is good. Um, just got right back into it to roll another, start rolling a character. Got some really good scores too, a couple 16s and, and, and something, I forget what else. Um, meanwhile, the rest of the party kind of healed up just real quick, real briefly, and then the cleric Marcos, if you've been listening to these, has got the animate dead spell. So he's like, well, uh, you know, okay. The magic user, you know, how, how, how bad is the, the head caved in? You know, <laughs> so he's, he goes ahead and animates Lanix, you know, the magic user into a zombie, the dead magic user. So it's like, oh damn, you know, rest in peace, Lanix. All right, let's just raise him up to a zombie. You know, there was no, <laughs> There wasn't even that much of a eulogy or a, <laughs> it was just like, okay, uh, you know, so Lanix is dead. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's dead. No, no, I don't care about that. I mean, but the, 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 the head, can it still be a zombie? <laughs> oh man. So raised it up. Now has another zombie henchman. Uh, looks just like Lanix only missing some teeth and, uh, face kind of kind of caved in a little bit there um so they wander around a little bit in the cave to just kind of see what else is in there come to a closed door and well first they they discover a, a a concealed door at the end of one hallway decide to leave that be and then uh listen to another door and as the druid speaks orc the druid could hear conversation going on in there and it ends up that there are a couple of leader, you know, leader type orcs, and these are two of the leader orcs that escaped from the party back down in the entrance to the Underdark several sessions ago. If you're a longtime listener or not, basically there was a huge orc battle several sessions ago. Huge mammoth orc battle that took over like three sessions. It was fantastic. And the leadership of the orcs, it was discovered, were helping to kidnap magic users and spellcasters from the surface to bring down to the Underdark for nefarious ends. And um, the party doesn't know exactly what is going on, but they know that there are mind flayers involved as they overheard the orcs talking about. Um, 
you know, mind flares and like, I'd rather take my chances with the players than the mind flares. And, you know, and, uh, but the orcs were able to escape. They had turned invisible and were able to escape them there. Here, they hear two of those leader orcs talking again about, you know, trying to get their whole kidnapping operation back up and running and, and, uh, that they don't want to show up and talk to the mind flayers empty handed or they'll be killed. And so the party is here and this and knows that, uh, uh, those, those orcs from the previous session, those orc leaders are in this, ca this, uh, cave. So it's that then that they decide they don't want to press forward with it. You know, they're down one player. They've been injured. They're pretty much out of spells. And we're like, you know, they know that those are powerful, um, orc spellcasters and stuff. So they, they, uh, decided to, to double back at this point. So they do, they, they, they head back to Kuiper's farm. Kuiper's farm is only about three miles from the caves. And, uh, on their way back, I roll a, you know, a random encounter. I, I was just going to roll once and a low chance, but you know, it was just a 10% chance. And, but it hit and it just ended up being some merchants. So I had uh, some merchants just be traveling on the river and, uh, and they look, you know, I, I had to think of something on the fly. And I thought about the last time we had a, you know, a big merchant um, had any kind of well. I mean, we've had a couple times, but there was a merchant named Garlsbad that that encountered the party. That uh, long story short, ended up really offending the party, and he was really annoying. And the, the ended up the party had them sent off to uh, a you know a through some shenanigans, not directly, but the by virtue of having interacted with the party, I guess you could say it ended up being shipped off to it, like being institutionalized. The, 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 uh, the merchant ended up, it's a, it's a long story. You'd have to just go back and find the episode, I guess, but it ended up sent off to Verba Bonk to be institutionalized after their interaction with the, the party. Um, and these merchants I had be dressed very, very similar, same colors and everything to girls bad. And, um, so they might be other merchants from Garlsbad's, uh, guild or something come to look for them. And that could maybe, we'll see if that ever de develops anything. They, they just let the merchants kind of pass by and just watch them pass by, uh, on a barge, you know, heading down, down river to Thurmaster. So who knows what that'll come, what'll happen with that. That was just a random encounter and just what I thought of. For the merchants, you know, brought back memories of Garlsbad, so maybe that'll tie into that at some point. But they make it back to Kuiper's farm. Kuiper, at this point, you know, it's like how sad can Kuiper be every time they show up? You know, it's another dead, uh, another dead PC. Um, you know, or PC turned into a zombie. You know, so. Uh, where I was really shifting my mind at this point to think about how to bring in the new, new character. And, uh, you know, with the stats they had, that player was trying to ponder what to play because they had a lot of options, but then they said they were going to go back to a magic user. And as we played almost, we were almost at the three hour mark. It was a good stopping point. We're not going to play next week. 
my beloved Bulldogs. We've got Notre Dame coming in here into town, and uh, I've got family coming into town as well, so we won't be running next week. So it was a good stopping point. They could work on their new character, and they actually sent me a text uh, over or a message on Discord overnight that uh, I think they're going to go uh, with a multi-class um, magic user thief. So, so that'll be cool. See how long they last. <laughs> Seriously, it's, like even my games don't usually have this much, you know, carnage and player death, but uh, player character death. But it is what it is. You know, the tempted fate. You know, the, the whole the whole theme of this. Ep well, first of all, it was a great combat. It was fantastic. They played well. There were spells flying everywhere. It was really exciting. It was fun. Had some unique things like the orc getting thrown down the hallway and uh, and all this. It was, so it was really fun. I had a good time, and I think they did too, despite the the the, the character death. And it actually is a, kind of almost like a net positive for them. They get another zombie henchman, and and the player character comes, you know. So, <laughs> but um, this whole theme of this one was. Uh, kind of hesitation or, 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 or indecision or, uh, uh kind of, uh, what's the right word for it? Hesitancy, you know, you know, or delaying, like put off doing the healing spell, you know, never put off doing the healing spell, you know, hanging out at the front of the cave, you know, for 30 minutes, shining your light in, you know, something eventually is going to happen. And I, like I said, I didn't say, Hey, do something or you're going to, they're going to notice you. But I did give all, I asked the questions, you know, I rolled the wandering monster checks and everything. And, um, I think I played it fairly, you know, I, I think I absolutely played it fairly, but, uh, sometimes with a delay and that hesitancy and, and stuff like that, if, if you're in harm's way, harm is going to happen. So it's just the way it is. But, um, anyway, that's what happened. I talked a little bit longer than I thought I was going to, except, uh, but at, at any rate, it was a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to a couple of weeks from now. They know that, uh, there's a, there is a direct tie in to the orcs that are in the great Rockdale with the orcs that were down at the entrance to the underdark. So it is tying back into the overall plot arc of the campaign, uh, which I'm excited about. And we'll get back to it in a couple of weeks. So anyway, hope you enjoyed it. Thank you as always for listening. Appreciate you, whoever you are out there. You can send me a message on the Anchor app. Thanks again to Jason and congratulations on your new podcast. Send me an email, frostoff at gmail.com. Blog, of course, is frostoffdnd.blogspot.com. Very thankful to the folks backing me on Patreon. If you're interested in supporting the program, it's only a dollar a month, patreon.com forward slash thought eater. Next you'll hear from me is the hump day blogorama show coming around to it. If you haven't listened to last week's hump day, a lot of good stuff on there. Check it out. And I have been scouting the blogs all for, you know, over the weekend. I've, I've already got probably enough for a show. So this is one of those weeks where it's going to be tough to whittle everything down to, you know, to polish it. But, uh, I will do so. Anyway, have a great rest of the weekend. Logan, let's go. Bum, bum, beauty, bum, bum, beauty, bum, bum, beauty, bum, bum, beauty,
sickly platypus a psychic grenade zeroing in on your mental trade gonna help you escape from the grind thought eater gonna blow your mind